let me encourage you, if you don't have an outline, uh, we uh, want you to have that. Uh, it, uh, it, there, if you notice, there's a lot of lines, a lot of stuff we're going to talk about today. And so you need this outline. We want you to have it. Did anyone not get one? You'd like to have one? We, yeah. You got, here, let's pass them out. Lift your hand. You, you need the outline if you don't have these. Uh, so lift your hand. We'll get one to you. Know. You need to have that. Yeah, cool. I want you to be, you can have it, you can take it home with you. We, we really, you know, actually what we try to do when it comes to these lessons, we actually give these to you because we want you to have the opportunity to write stuff down, you know, uh, just so if I happen to be boring, which you know that's not true. <laughs> but uh, if that would happen, we want to we want to be able to uh, uh, give you something to kind of keep you online and, and keep you with us and all. So we, we encourage you, uh, write these things down. And uh, Lord willing, we'll be able to, this week, we give you a chance some to study, uh, maybe for your personal devotions or possibly a uh, small group or whatever. Uh, you know, I have, I have found the last 21 years, uh, even making that statement, 21 years is kind of unique for us. Uh, many of you know before we came to Sunshine that Charlotte and I were church planters. And uh, we probably were, you know, Somewhere between three to five years is where we basically spent our time. And uh, so when we came to, uh, to Sunshine, one of the things we asked the Lord if he would do for us, let us, just, let us stay here. And, uh, and he has done that, and so we're grateful for that. And so this morning, uh, we're going to talk about the importance of vision. You know, I, because the deal is this, guys. In these 21 years, I, I found myself, it's easy to get distracted. It's easy to kind of lose focus. It just happens. There's so many things that cause that. I mean, people's opinions, uh, you may not believe this. There's some people that have a different opinion than me. And she's sitting right here. <laughs> she's up front, right here she is. And, uh, but that happens. Uh, the, 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 what's happening to our country, uh, the cares of this world, uh, a lot of those things go on. And so... Uh, we've got to really be focused. And vision, vision is this. Vision is the biblical principle to help us to focus on what's important to God. That, that's what vision is. Vision is a biblical principle that helps us to focus on what's important to God. I don't know about you. I want to do what's important to God. I, I desire to do what is, what you know, whatever he deems as important. That's what I want to be important to me. And so in order to understand that, what I have to do, I have to, I have to listen to what his word says. What does his word say? Well, the Bible says in Proverbs 29, 18, where there's no vision, the people perish. And the reason that's true, because they have no direction. You know, they have no focus. And that's what causes people to perish. And so this morning, we're going to work hard on vision and what God has for us. Uh, in the future. What I found about vision, vision, let me give you an example. Here, Dick, stand up if you would. Stand up if you can. That's very what I should have said. Are you ready? Okay, here we go. Stand back up. All right, let's see. Let's see. Okay. Hey, good, Joseph, let's give this a whirl. Let's see if we can do this, right? Right, right. Pretty cool. Pretty cool. Come on. Not too bad. All right, let's see if you can do it. <laughs> Pretty cool. All right. Ready? Oh. Do, do, do. Anyway. <laughs> I'm from Indiana. I say, why are you doing this? I have no reason. I just. <laughs> no. 
I actually, I even have a point. That's so cool, isn't it? You see, what I found when it comes to, you know, let's say this, let's say this, this, uh, let's, let's, <laughs> here, come on, Corey, ready? Let's do it. I pray, pretty good. All right. Vision is caught, not taught. A lot of people see the vision, and that's all they see. They never, they never catch it. And so the problem is, guys, that being the case, they find themselves losing focus, drifting, because they never caught the vision. This morning, it doesn't really matter how well I, or the, what abilities I have to teach. What's important is that you need to catch the vision. And to do that, if you'll notice as we were tossing this, we looked like a vision as we tossed, because it does say, mission possible. And as we tossed it and people caught it, what happens is, you know, it no longer was in my hands. It was in their hands and all. And so this morning, we're going to talk about this, about, you know, as we look at the next 50 years together, <laughs> not really, and, uh, but uh, the thing that we want to look at is what, what do we see here at Sunshine? What, what, what is the, the ministry going to look like, you know, and I, I think it's very important uh, that we, we think about that there in your outline. In fact, I think I give you kind of a, well, that didn't work. Let's see, let's try this. Okay. We'll pretend this is Larry. Can't be Larry staying still, but uh, here's the, here's the, here's, here's it's called a vision statement, and uh, it's amazing to me. Do you know that Wendy's hamburger has a vision statement? Every time you go by to the drive-up, it's sitting right there. I would dare say most of the folks inside have no idea what that vision statement has anything to do with. No, it's a lot of times what happens. I don't know. There came a time when folks said we really have to have a vision statement, and so they made some stuff up and printed it up, put it on cards or put it on plaques, put it in different places. But no one really understood or was aware of what was saying. So therefore, it just was a bunch of words. So we don't want that to be the case. Vision motivates us. Vision is biblical principles that help us to understand. What is important to God? If there's one thing that I want you to have this morning when you walk out of here, I want you to do the stuff that's important to God. What's important to Him and all. So we start out uh, when it comes to the vision statement. We want Sunshine Baptist Church to be a, a biblical community of believers. That's your first thing, a biblical community of believers. Now, that sounds so simple, but with the studies that we've been reading, a lot of folks come to church are not believers. They're a religious community of people. They're a social community of people. But they're not a biblical community of people. Here at Sunshine, we want this to be a biblical community of believers. We, we want the Word of God to be predominant in our hearts, in our lives. We, we want to say, God said it, that settles it. That, that's what we want. That's what we desire for you. Part of our vision statement. Now, within that biblical community, there's three things. We want to be united in purpose. We'll talk more about that. Uh, we, we, we think it's okay. This is going to be revolutionary. We think it's okay to get along. I think it's okay for marriages to get along. I think it's okay. Oh, this is going to be bad. I think it's okay for siblings to get along. You know, I don't think you have to fight, you know. And so we, we want to be united in purpose. 
Uh, we, we desire to be dynamic, and it's okay when it comes to believers. It's okay for us to be dynamic. Wouldn't you agree? Man, we need to be that dynamic in our growth. And we, we certainly want to make a difference, and we want to do that. And then we want to influence the world. Uh, that, when I talk about a biblical community of believers, we want to do something. We want to influence the world. And that last phrase sometimes we miss, all for the glory of God. We want to glorify the Lord. Amen? I want God to be glorified in my life. And I think you're the same way. We want God to be glorified in your life. And the question is, is he being glorified? Is there any way we can figure that out? Or is it something simply that's some kind of an emotion? Do we judge our spirituality on our emotions, on our feelings? Is it working for you? You know, not what does the Bible say? What does the Word of God say? You know, you say, well, preacher, are you void of feelings? No, I'm not void of feelings, but I understand that feelings can be deceptive. Have you all noticed that? Feelings can lead you in the wrong direction. The Bible says the heart is deceitfully wicked. Who can know it? We've got to be very careful when it comes to your heart. We need the heart inundated with the word of God. Thy word, you know why the Bible says, thy word have I hid in my heart? Do you know why the Bible says that? Because the heart is desperately wicked. If you don't hide God's word in your heart, something else will be there. And so, therefore, we want the word of God to influence and control and be the motivating factor when it comes to our hearts and to our lives. So we want to be a biblical community. Let me go another step further. We want to be a biblical functioning community. We want to be a biblical functioning community. Now, what in the world does that look like? Well, look at your book, at your Bibles. In the book of Acts, chapter 2, we're going to give you some things. That's why I want you to have those notes. Acts chapter 2, I want to read this to you. And in verse 42, the Bible says this. And we're talking about a biblical functioning community. You've been around Sunshine very much. You know this. We're not much on dragging our feet. Ready, shoot, aim. That's basically how I live my life. Said, you're going to fail. When? You know? I always tell folks, you've heard me say it so many times, I don't mind failing, I fear not trying. You see what I'm saying? You know, failures, I don't consider things failures, I consider things that don't work. And I'm going to try something else. And so we want to be a functioning community. Acts 2.42, and they continue steadfast in apostles' doctrine, fellowship, breaking of bread and prayers, and fear come upon every soul, and many wonders and signs were done by the apostles, and all that believed were together and had all things common. Wow, cool. And sold their possessions uh, and goods and parted them to all men, and every man had, had need, and, and they continued daily with one accord in the temple and breaking the bread and from house to house, and they did eat their meat and with gladness and singleness of heart, praising God and having favor with you, with all the people and the Lord. The Lord added to the church daily such as should be saved. The church, listen, the church is not a club. We are not the elks and the mooses and the lions and tigers and, oh my, uh, sorry. <laughs> we're, we're, we're not any of those kind of things. We, we are a living organism. Uh, we, our head is Jesus Christ. He's the one to put this thing together. And a church is not a place to attend. It's a place to belong. To belong. Now, quick, let me give you some, some, some ideas of what this looks like kind of the marks of a biblical church. Well, what does it look like? And, and I realize I've given you a lot of stuff there, and I want you to have it because you can use it for later. I want to see the marks of a biblical church. Number one, people are saved and know it. 
1 John 5, 13, these things are written that you may know. It's not a hope-so thing. One of the characteristics of a biblical community or one of the marks that people there going there really know Christ as their personal Savior. I mean, they know for sure they're saved. If you walked here this morning, you're still wondering about that. I, I'm not, I, I, I hope I am. I'm trying to do the best I can. Well, the best you can is not enough. And God never says, whosoever can do the best they can is going to come on in. No. doesn't say that at all. Uh, we need to understand salvation is a gift of God. But seeing as a gift of God, the Bible says, but as many as received him, to them gave you power to become the sons of God. And so it's something that we need to receive. It's one of the marks of a biblical community. Number two, people are separated and, and live it. You ever have someone say one thing and do another? You ever do that? Yeah. The Bible says in 2 Corinthians 6, he says, come out from among them, be ye separate, saith the Lord. As a biblical community, we, you know, we're supposed to be different. You know what different is? I think, we, how about being kind? How about being considerate? How about being loving? Uh, and certainly, I think it's very important to realize that, that as a believer, there's some things that are expected of me. And I say, how can I find out what that is? Go in the Bible. It'll tell you what it is. So we, one of the marks of a biblical church, not only are we saved and separated, but we are soul winners. I, you know, I grew up hearing that word, soul winner. How much, any of y'all grew up in churches like that? I heard that stuff all the time, you know? And what they were talking about is that, you know, that I need to share with people my faith. You know, I, they, uh, a, a, a mark of a biblical church, we're soul winners, and we speak it, you know, I, I hear a lot of folks talk about that kind of stuff. Dale, have you heard that before? They talk, I don't see it. I don't understand that. A fellow named Dan Tolbert. Remember Dan? Dan used to come. He, you may have not. He used to wear a mask. Had a hat on. Had a whip. <laughs> no, that's sorrow. Wrong guy. <laughs> oh, yeah, I saw He's on TV. No, that's the wrong one. You know what Dan used to always bug me about? Pastor, I need more tracks to pass out. He was always coming to me and taking these tracks and passing them out. What do you think about that? I thought, whoop, that's great. That's what it's supposed to be like. Soul winning is we, we, we care about people and we speak it, we talk it, we share it, we do everything we can to reach people. That's the marks of a biblical community of what we're supposed to be. Now, what's the measure of a biblical church? Well, number one, you, you measure a church by its health. Uh, is, it, is it walking and loving and uh, is it trying to help each other, trying to help you. And in fact, the Bible says in Ephesians chapter 4, it's talking about each joint supply. And what it's talking about there, I want to help you to be what God would have you to be. See, that's one of the measures of a biblical church. I mean, we are a healthy church. It's important that we, we do that. We, that's how we measure a church. We're loving and caring about each other. Number two, you measure a church by its holiness. The Bible says, be holy for I am holy, saith the Lord. I realize in the day that we're living, and we don't really hear that, that word used much, but we are to be holy. You know what holiness means? Holiness means this, I want to be like Jesus. Holiness doesn't mean I want to be like you. I want to be like him. I don't want you to be the, the, the standard bearer of what I should try to be. You know, And I realize Paul made a statement, follow me as I follow Christ, but I'm going to tell you right now, he didn't say, look unto me. I'm the author and the 
finisher of your salvation. He never said that. And I think it's very important. One of the evidence of a biblical community is that they, there is health there. There is holiness. We, we really want to be holy, and we desire to be that. And, and, uh, and the way you're going to be holy, and let me tell you something, the more you're like Jesus, you don't have to worry about what holiness is. If you're trying to figure out what humility is, you're probably not humble. You know, it's just one of those things. And so the thing I encourage you, what you need to do, you need to say, oh, I want to be holy. But what do you, what does that mean? Well, I don't smoke or chew or go with the girls that do. You're not holy. You're a Boy Scout. How many Boy Scouts are here? Everyone are Boy Scouts. Know what Boy Scouts are. Are not going to raise your hand no matter what I say. There you go. Thanks. Well, one of the measures, and I think it's very important. You say, well, you know, uh, preacher, I, I, you know, I think it's very dangerous. You try to, the Bible measures things all the time. You know, I get around people say, well, you know, I, I'm just doing the best I can. You know what the Bible says? Que sarah, sarah. It doesn't say that. It doesn't say that at all. If anything, he gives us all kinds of things that we need to measure because how in the world can you, can you keep the vision? How in the world can you be what God would have you to be if I know what I shouldn't be doing? And this is the stuff I should be doing. I, I can press toward the mark, if you will, and do the things that God wants me to do. I want to be a part of a biblical community. I know that that's what God desires for us. I think there needs to be a, certainly another way we measure this is by our hunger for God. You ever get hungry? As I look around this morning, I would say, no, you guys have got it together in masses. But uh, hunger, what hunger does for us, hunger motivates us and it points us and it, hunger causes us to want to do something about it. And I think it's why. The reason why people come to church, they hunger to be around the things of God. The reason why people are faithful on the different things that we do, they hunger to be around the things of God. It's a hunger. It's a, it's a motivation. It's something I really have nothing control over. I'm just hungry for God. Well, that's one of the measures of a biblical church. The last thing we see you're, the way to measure a biblical church is you have a heart for people. There's some folks I don't like. I want to name them. <laughs> Not you, Andy. I like you, man. Your mother, I'm not sure about. But uh, Carolyn, not already. She's a sweetie. But you know what? I love y'all. That's, that's important. I love you. Sometimes I know, I know I, I don't ever, I never question my God loving me. I think sometimes you don't like me, though. Sometimes I don't like me. Y'all all know what I'm talking about? Not me, you. <laughs> Let's see if you can catch this. <laughs> Tough group. One of the measures of a biblical church, we actually, we actually love each other. Love covers a multitude of sins. Love is able to deal with the imperfections, both 
in our own lives and other people's lives. So what's the measure of a biblical church? Sunshine Baptist Church, the mission of our church is glorify God. How in the world are we going to do that? How do we do that? How do you glorify God? Well, three things. We, we want to proclaim Jesus Christ. I think it's important that we do that. We want to... How many... On Wednesday night, we've been studying the book of Acts. Did I tell you, Dale, that we have Wednesday night services? I probably never mentioned that to you, have I? Okay. Well, I just want to share it with you. But if you're there on Wednesday night, we're doing a verse by verse. In fact, this week is the last chapter. We're going to be finishing up Acts this week. But anyway, uh, Paul got in such trouble because he wouldn't quit talking about Jesus. He just shut his mouth, and he'd been okay. It, all, when you read about Paul's life, he talked about Jesus. He talked about the resurrection. And it seemed like it was something that was something very much on his heart, in, in his mind. He was, he was talking about it all the time because the way that you can glorify God is by, is by proclaiming Jesus Christ, by letting the folks know about Jesus Christ. Uh, we do another thing by, by winning people to the Lord. By, uh, you, 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 sometimes folks wonder, why, why are you guys so involved in all these schools and you want to get this core thing going? Why are you doing all that? Because we want to win people to Jesus. We really believe, here, this is going to be an interesting thing. We believe this Bible, the Bible says there's a heaven to gain and a hell to shun. Doesn't that do something to you? Doesn't that bother you? Doesn't that motivate? We're not trying to make little badness out of a bunch of people. You know, I've never seen a little badness. Nope, never have. Anyway, so, uh, so the thing that I encourage you, what we're trying to do, we really believe we want to see people go to heaven, and they're not going to go to heaven because they're doing good and all that kind of stuff. They're going to heaven because Jesus paid the price. That's how we glorify God. We glorify God by, by preparing us and we and members for a lifelong ministry. I believe God has something for you to do. That's kind of cool, isn't it? You ever feel like, well, I don't know why I'm here. Come see me. I'll tell you why. <laughs> I don't know what to do. <laughs> I can help you with that, too. And so we're, we're here. God has a ministry for God has things for us to do. It's important for us to understand that we have a, a biblical ministry. God wants us to be involved. And so that's what a biblical community looks like and how it functions. Now, here's some things we see within that biblical community. Let me give them to you. First of all, we find that you know, in the book of Ephesians chapter 4, let me real quick, and uh, one of the things we made in our statement was the fact that we are unified in our purpose. You know, the problem today is the reason why I see so much wasting of time is because folks don't understand there's a purpose here. I got stuff to do, man. I got things to accomplish. The Bible says in, in Ephesians chapter 4 and verse 13, he makes this statement, till we all come in the unity of the faith of the knowledge of the Son unto a perfect man, unto the measure of the statue of the fullness of Christ. Uh, one of the things we find he's saying here is that we are to be unified in purpose. Well, what in the world is our purpose? Let me give you five. One of the purposes we have, we are to worship. That's how we relate to God, and that's how you grow stronger. When you worship, you will, you will relate to God and you will say, grow stronger. I want to be stronger in the Lord. Well, you need to worship the Lord. That's one of the purposes of a biblical functioning community. 
Number two, there is discipleship, which is how we relate to the Word of God, and that helps, that helps us to grow deeper. And I think that we need to grow deeper. I think we need to get off the milk and get on the meat. We need to grow up. We need to find out. You know what we need to find out? What really matters? Or what really is our business? And how is business? How is what we're doing really functioning and working? So this is one of the purposes. Uh, we, want, we want to worship. We want folks to be able to worship. We know folks need to be discipled. That means get them in the word of God, and that's how they grow deeper. Uh, purpose number three, there needs to be fellowship. That's how we relate to one another. This helps us to grow warmer and fatter. You know what fellowship, we're going to do it tonight. If, if you hear at our church say fellowship, what do we say? Well, all right. You know, and none of that sissy food either. Say, it'll make you healthier. I'm going to die anyway. You know, I mean, I might as well die happy. When I die, they're going to look at me and say, man, he's, he needed to die. Look how awful he looks. I don't want them to say, doesn't he look good? He looks so healthy, he's dead. <laughs> look how natural he looks. Really? He's always looked that way? <laughs> I'll move on. Purpose number four, there needs to be stewardship. In fact, Corinthians tells us it's required in a, in, in, in a believer and a steward to be faithful. This relates to our gifts and our resources. This is, this is what broadens our, our ability. I want to do more for the work of God. And, and to do that, I'm going to probably have to broaden my scope and, and do some reading and do some studying and, and all that kind of stuff. Because, you know, I think it's very important when it comes to the work of God that the work of God is not done by a bunch of professionals, but it's done by the flock. And when you, the reason why you can't do much is because you, you're, not, you're not being proper in your stewardship. You need, to, you need to read more, study more, and get yourself in a position where God can use you. And the last thing, there needs to be evangelism. This is how we relate to the world. This is how the church grows larger. I, I think this, without question, that, you know, <laughs> the Bible's real clear where growth comes from. In fact, that's our third thing. Not only are we unified in purpose, but we want to be dynamic in our growth. And the principles of growth are taught in the Word of God. Isn't that cool? Everything I know about life is taught in the Word of God. How to be a good husband is taught in the Word of God. How to be a good parent is taught in the Word of God. You say, at least get the book. The Bible says when it comes to church growth, it's not a secret how the church grows. Acts 2.47, praising God and having favor with all people. And the Lord added to the church such as should be saved. Who added to the church? All right. He's the one that does this and all. Growth is a product of disciple-making. Have you ever wondered whether, you were, whether or not you were a disciple? You know, the book of John, chapter 15, you want to turn there, because one of, the, one of the, how growth comes about in a ministry, it comes about because of discipleship. Uh, the Bible says in John, chapter 15, we see the first thing that kind of gives us an indication. And, and I realize the reason why I wanted you to have these, this outline, because you can check on this stuff later. I want you to be able to do these things later. How, how do I know if I'm a disciple? Well, look at verse 11. We can see it, uh, John 15, 11. These things have I spoken to you that my joy might remain in you, that your joy might be full. 
I think that it's important to understand that we abide. I'm sorry, it's verse 7. I'm sorry, verse 7. It says, uh, if you abide in me and my word abides in you, you shall ask what you will and it shall be done unto you. Hmm. You know what this book, you know what this Bible looks like to me? Book of Conditions. I thought it was a wish book, Dale. Wish you may, wish you might. Have that convertible. But no, that's <laughs> Charlotte's wish. And uh, no, this book is not a wish book. This book is a condition. You do what God says, and he'll do what he says. He'll do that. We need to abide in the Lord. We need to, you know what, you know what abiding means? Let me show you. You're going to stand up, sweetie. I'm going to show you what abiding means. We're abiding. And there's that. Abiding means spending time with people. You know, and that's what abide. You know, it kind of concerns me. People call themselves Christians, and they're never on God or his people. What's that about, Jim? You know, that's kind of strange, isn't it? But abiding means that on purpose, we're with people. On purpose, we get around folks. That is what abiding means. That's one of the products of discipleship. That's one of the things you can tell. You know, I think it's okay to say, I wonder if I really am a disciple of the Lord. Well, if you're not abiding with the Lord, let me give you the answer. You're not. There's two, in verse 8, two things we see here. Verse 8 says this. Here is my Father glorified that you're, you bear much fruit, so shall you be my disciples. Two things we see that are indicators or however you want to say it, you're a disciple. First of all, you're bearing fruit. I think orange trees ought to bear oranges. What do y'all think? Apple trees ought to give us some apples, and Christians ought to give us some Christians. I just think that's our responsibility. And we are to glorify God. We've talked about how to glorify the Lord. You know what glorifies God? Do things he's interested in. I'll <laughs> do it. Uh, look at verse 11. There I got there now. These things have I spoken unto you that you, your joy might remain in you, that you, your joy might be full. Uh, one of the indications of a disciple of, of Christ is that they're joyous. Now, joy doesn't mean everything's going my way. Joy doesn't mean I don't have any problems. A joy means that not, none of that. What joy means, joy is inside. Are you with me on this? It's an inside job. Joy is from God. The world's involved with fun, but he's involved with joy. And so this morning, you need to check yourself. If you're, I'm not talking, you, you, you know, you hear things and see things as kind of a difficult situation, but joy comes from God. You can be joyous in the, in the midst of real problems. Read about Paul in prison. He wrote the book on joy. <laughs> what a weird place to write that book. Because prison couldn't steal his joy. And the world can't steal your joy, but you can give it up. Last thing, verse uh, 12 says this. This is my commandment that you love one another as I have loved you. Uh, I think without question, uh, we need to love people. We need to work at that. It's an effort, but love is a choice. How do we, how do we grow Growth is a product of discipleship. Growth uh, is measured by building people. That's kind of a cool thing. How do we build people? Well, Ephesians chapter 4, verses 11 and 12, I won't read it for you, but Ephesians chapter 4 talks about three things. And the first thing he talks about here is that we are to encourage people. You know what encourages me? When I tell that person, you have a purpose. Because the world says you don't. 
that you have a purpose. And the way that we encourage people is that we don't beat them over the head. We don't slap them around. Say, God has a purpose for you. Great. That's how we encourage people. Uh, that's how we, how we build up people. Uh, not only do we encourage people, but according to Ephesians 4 again, verse 11 and 12, we equip people. This is their purpose. I'm going to train you for your purpose. Are you familiar with the Peter principle? Raising people up to an area of incompetency. They were pretty good here, but you brought them over here, and they are messed up because that wasn't their purpose. It's very important to find out whatever that person's purpose is and then train them. And you do that by encouraging them, by, by equipping them, if you will. Of course, the last thing when it comes to measuring how you build people, you encourage them, you equip them, and then you enable those people. You know what, you, you know what that's saying? You turn them loose. How I many you say, all right, let's go. Yeah. Get that wood dry. Pilgrim? All right, guys, one more. We've talked about biblical community. The last one, we want to influence the world. I want this church, I want my life to influence the world. I'm not interested in just influencing the people in this room. Not enough. God did not leave me here and tie me down. God said, hey, guy, I'm, I, I got something for you to do. I want you to be influencing the world. That's the reason that we do that. You know, in Matthew 5, we see as a ministry, as individuals, we have a, we have a twofold ministry. Uh, Matthew 5, 13, the Bible says this, you are the salt of the earth, but if the salt has lost its savor, where shall it be salt? It is thenceforth good for nothing but to be cast out and to be trodden under the foot of men. We, we have the ministry of preserving. I am not ashamed that I'm a Christian. And as a Christian, I have values. I have principles. I have ethics. And I think we need to teach that stuff. It bothers me that we are tolerant on every situation except for Christians. As a believer, you need to understand that God has left you here as salt. I'm going to tell you right now, wherever salt is, you know it's there. I mean, it is, it is so very clear. It makes itself known. And that's one of our areas of ministry. Not only that, verse 14 and 15 says this, chapter 5. Ye are, not only you the salt, verse 13, verse 14, you are the light of the world, and a city that is set on a hill cannot be hid. Neither do men light candles and put it under a bush, but on a candlestick and give it light unto all that are in the house. You, we have a light ministry, and that ministry is that we are to proclaim. <laughs> I think that's our opportunity and our responsibility is that we are to proclaim. This ministry, we are to proclaim, we are to get the word of God. As we look at the rest of 2017 and the years to come, I think it's very important to understand that God has given us a job to do. We need to do it. Very clear. We are, and the vision that we have is that we are a biblical community, a functioning biblical community. And I think it's important to understand that we are unified in purpose, we are dynamic in growth, and we are influential for the world. We are to influence the world. Would you stand, please? We're going to sing what I believe, why God has left us here. We are, we are here, 
and our ministry and the things that God wants us to do. We are here. Are you ready? We are here to bring glory to God. This is the vision that God has for us. We have a vision that has been placed upon us. It's important to understand that our vision is to glorify God. And I think it's important that we understand that, important that we do that. That's what God has for us. And I think the thing that we want our ministry to do, we want to bring honor and glory to him. So let's sing together, To God Be the Glory. To God be the glory, great things he has done. So loved he the world that he gave us his son, who yielded his life and atonement for sin, and opened the life gate that all yeah. may go in. Praise the Lord, praise the Lord, let the earth hear his voice. Praise the Lord, praise the Lord, let the people rejoice. Oh, come to the Father through Jesus the Son and give him the glory, great things he has done. Amen. Amen. You may be seated. Try to get Charlotte to do this and she wouldn't do it, so I'm going to do it. Charlotte and I are so thankful for the 21 years that God has allowed us to serve here at Sunshine. We're humbled by all that God has done and what he's allowed us to be a part of this great ministry. For several months now, we have sensed God has been working in our lives in this ministry. We have prayed and sought the Lord's guidance in which he would have, have for Sunshine. After much prayer and seeking God's direction, we believe it's time for me to retire as senior pastor of Sunshine Baptist Church. This is a major life change decision for us. We do not know what lies ahead for us, but we're excited about what God is going to do. We approach this next phase of our lives with a thankful spirit for all of you who have been so faithful in working with this ministry. Uh, we've uh, been struggling with this for several weeks now, and uh, we actually, sometime around the end of January, we really were sensing God was working in our hearts and lives for Charlotte and I. It's not that I don't have, in case to answer a few questions, just the very simple questions. Uh, I don't think I have a disease of any kind. And so I'm not sure, <laughs> hope I don't. And uh, we're actually do both doing very good, health's great. And uh, we just believe this is the time that God would have us to do this and all. I know that you probably have some questions, uh, which I don't plan on answering. <laughs> no, I, no, I will. But uh, what I'd like to be able to do, I want you to absorb this first. This evening, uh, we will give you a lot of detail about uh, this decision, uh, why we've made it, uh, what we're going to do, and what's next for the church here. And so I encourage you to be here at 5 o'clock. I know that's kind of a cheesy way to get you to my party. And <laughs> but uh, uh, we just felt that uh, this would be best. I will at that time, uh, after we've eaten, uh, I will at that time uh, go over uh, in detail uh, all about the decision as well as uh, the time frame and what we're looking at and uh, what, we, what we will recommend. We've been having meetings with our officers the last couple weeks, and so they're very well aware of this and all. And uh, we uh, are thankful and grateful for the years that God has given us here at Sunshine. Uh, we, uh, God has truly answered our prayers, and uh, we're thankful for these 21 years. Uh, again, tonight I will uh, uh, be answering questions in reference to what, what 
are we going to do? And so uh, I'm thankful and grateful uh, for you and, and for this ministry. Uh, we have uh, uh, been privileged. There you go. Uh, we've been privileged to be here. And uh, we, uh, uh, again, uh, thank you so much for these years you've allowed us to serve here. It's been such an honor. Uh, we, uh, again, tonight, uh, we will uh, be answering all the questions I'm sure you have in your mind. If I don't happen to answer the questions, uh, you're welcome to ask me anything you want, and my wife will answer for me. It's, she wrote this thing up, so I, she, she can answer for me too. But uh, so uh, we love you guys. Uh, it's kind of a neat way to end this thing. Uh, where's Blake at? Blake. Here, Blake. Uh, Blake wants to come join our church, so this is our, this is our, yeah, come on up, guys. Uh, uh, this is Blake Vi. He's our summer intern. He's a little small guy, and uh, but Blake will be, a uh, good way for me to end this, Blake will be uh, uh, working the summer with us, and uh, as a summer intern, we're so glad, all in favor of Blake becoming a part of our church, say amen. 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 I, that's a good way to end this. Now, let's stand if you would, please. Wait a minute. You want to say anything, baby? Go ahead. Um, I don't think I can. <laughs> I've been doing okay. Um, again, we do thank you for the 21 years when we um, knew that God was closing out the door for us in Gainesville, which, where we had established the church. We pray, God, wherever you lead us, we'd like to be able to go and finish our ministry there. But, you know, you never think that there's going to be a time when you're old enough to have to do that. Um, I wasn't even 50 years old when we came here, and I'm still not. So, <laughs> so I don't, I don't know how we're, you know. But you know, you never think that. Uh, I've never thought about ever being old enough to, you know, be in a place where we're going to retire, and that. But um, we're not going to quit serving the Lord. That's never, ever an option. That uh, we are still going to serve the Lord. Uh, just not in the position of senior pastor or him as senior pastor. They know you are. Go ahead. <laughs> I was going to say as senior missus, but um, we do love you all, and we're so very thankful for the time that God has allowed us to be here. Um, I thank you that you have loved me for myself. You have allowed me to be me, um, warts and all, and you have loved me through hard times and good times. And uh, I'm just so thankful. Uh, I have friends in ministry that are not allowed that luxury. They feel that they have to be a certain way. And they have so much pressures on them in that. And you all have not done that to me. And I'm so very thankful. And I appreciate that in you, that you, um, you know, have that love. And so I thank you. And... Be here tonight, and he'll answer all the rest of your questions. <laughs> Eric, why don't you come, son? Eric, one of our deacons is going to close us in prayer. Yeah, five o'clock. <clears throat> Why'd you ask me to come up here? I'm the weepy one. <laughs>
No, we're thankful for our pastor. We all knew this day was coming. It's just a matter of when. We didn't think it would be now. <laughs> At least I didn't think it would be now. Um, but be here tonight as an encouragement to our pastor. He'll answer all your questions. He'll let you know what's going on for the future. And This is God's hand working, believe it or not. <laughs> you might not think that, but it is. Um, just be here tonight. All right, let's pray. Lord, I thank you for this day, Lord, and the great message that we've heard about the vision, Lord. And I pray that you'd help us all to capture that mission, that, that mission and the vision that you have for us going forward, Lord. And uh, we know it's your church. Um, Pastor Bales was just the instrument that you've used for the last 21 years to guide us. And Lord, as we move forward and find a new pastor, I pray that you give us wisdom as we do that. I pray that you give us strength and courage to move forward for you. I pray that we'd always keep our eyes looking uh, to you, Lord, not to a man. Uh, I just pray that you'd help us to uh, find the right person who would step in and keep us going forward for you, Lord. And I thank you for it. I thank you for the direction that you've given our pastor. And I just uh, pray that you'd bless him as he continues uh, serving you, just not in the same capacity. I thank you for it. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you.